Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. Ephraimites and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Reinbold, and this is the House of Ephraim show today. We do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in this show. It's Mark Reinbold. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time, that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois out to what we call lovingly the corn patch, and you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God. And I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material, not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service. And we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity, again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that. 
and you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprofit.com. That's cradle at jewishprofit.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about, and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call, 618-262-2810, and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Decker. From the Fruit of the Spirit. Uh, this series will be a series that we probably will, will repeat in probably about two to three years. I deem this to be one of the more important studies that we're going to do in this church. I believe that without the fruit uh, being produced in our lives, I believe that our walk is a joke, and I believe that. I believe that, that, that what we have done is we have misinterpreted enough of God's Word and misunderstood enough that we have uh, looked to do a lot of things besides produce fruit. And we are going to produce fruit according to this Word of God. And I hope that by the time we get done, you can, you can realize uh, the great importance of it. Now, we're going to start and use for our text um, the next few weeks uh, Galatians 5, 22 and 23. So if you'll turn there, and it simply tells us about and what the fruit, our name, they, this names the fruit of the Spirit. Now, in Galatians 5, 22 and 23, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is... The first thing that it mentions is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. That is, that is the fruit of the Spirit. Now, the Bible begins and it ends with fruit. And I, I, I found that when I, years ago when I first started putting this study together, I began to realize that God was dealing with me personally about producing fruit and the importance of being a fruit producer and what he says about it if I don't produce fruit. And and I, I've never honestly ever heard anything like this taught, I don't think quite in the way that we're going to try to teach this to you, uh, because what I'm going to do is endeavor to get you to understand as God was getting me to understand. And when it did, I, I had a great fear of the Lord come upon me because I knew I wasn't producing fruit. And you not only produce the fruit, but the Bible says the fruit that you produce is to remain. In other words, you can't, you know, this whole thing of having joy only when you come in the church uh, is a bunch of baloney. Uh, if you don't have joy at home, <laughs> don't don't manufacture it when you come in. Are you saying come in and all sit around and look like a bunch of old sour pusses? Oh, dear God in heaven, no. <laughs> don't do that. Uh, but at the same time, uh, there's too many people being heckle jekylls and hides, if you will, and and that's really what I think God is really in these days wanting us to try to straighten out in all of our lives. Now in Genesis two, and I said it begins with fruit in in the second chapter of Genesis. You'll turn there with me, the fifteenth verse. It says, "And the Lord God took man and put him into the garden of Eden." to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. So he put him in the garden and told him, he said, Now, you, 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 all the trees you can eat. Now, the 17th verse says, But of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Now, of course, we do realize that, that Eve partook and gave to Adam and he partook, and we know that they didn't physically die at that time, but that's uh, we're spiritual death. 
came in to, or came upon the earth. Now, in 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 uh, New Jerusalem, oh, there's one tree that's going to produce twelve fruit or fruits twelve times a year. All right, in the New Jerusalem. Now, that, in Revelation 22. Now, let's go to the other end of the Bible. Uh, in Revelation 22, and you'll be able to see here the first two verses. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. And in the midst of the, of the street of it, and on either side of the river, there was a tree of life, which bare twelve matter of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. So in the beginning, the book of Genesis, the Bible talks about fruit. And in the book of Revelation, the Bible talks about fruit. Now, the reason I did that like that was simply to try to say to you is that evidently fruit is important to God. It's important. And it's, it's in the all in between the middle and wrapped and intertwined and intertangled, if you will, within other scriptures within in the middle, in the midst of this Bible. Now, we know that Jesus cursed the tree, which produced no fruit. We know that. Jesus taught by word and example that trees which produce no fruit should be destroyed. Now, he taught by word and by example. Now, let's go into Luke, the 13th chapter. Luke, the 13th chapter. Luke 13. I think this is, uh, of course, we've got to lay a lot of groundwork before we really get into what I want to really teach you about all this, but maybe we can get enough of it tonight that it won't seem too boring. Sometimes in the beginning of these things, they, 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 they tend to seem that way, but we'll try to keep it from that. 13, 6, and 7, it says, And he spake also this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came and sought fruit thereon and found none. Then said he unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fruit tree and find none. Cut it down, why cumber it the ground? Why let it clutter up the ground? We can see here that this is by word, okay, that, 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 that he's talking. Now, in Matthew 21, uh, if you'll turn to that with me, Matthew 21, and in the, in the, the 19th verse, 21:19, and when he saw the fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing thereon but leaves only, and said unto it, Let no fruit grow on thee henceforth forever. And presently the fig tree withered away. Now there was by word, was in Luke, and here's by example. In other words, what Jesus is saying, that a tree that doesn't produce isn't worthy. Isn't worthy to be a tree. Isn't worthy to cumber the ground. Isn't worthy to take up a space. Now, you also need to understand that Jesus likened and paralleled the things of that day unto our lives or unto the lives of the people that walked the face of the earth then. It was easy for them to understand the parallelizations, all right? So what he is saying now, he's saying, now, if in fact a tree isn't going to produce, it just doesn't need to be there, all right? Now, he's going to now come and he's going to get now into trying to tell the church or the people that they are the trees, okay? That they're the trees and, and their place is to produce. Now, 
Now, Jesus commands us to, to, to bear fruit. Uh, not only uh, are not only are worthless branches removed, but productive branches are pruned that they may bear and bear more what? More abundantly. Now, in, in John 15, and this is really some pretty strong uh, comment by Christ. Here he's saying again, now notice again, he's still talking about trees, and he's still likening trees unto your life and my life, you and I. All right? He said, I am the true vine. Who's the true vine? Jesus is. And my father is the husbandman. Now remember when we taught in the beginning, the order and the authority, the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, all right? Now he says, I'm the vine, but he said, my father is the husbandman. He's the keeper of the, of, the, of the vineyard, all right? He said, every branch in me that beareth not fruit. Now, who are we? We are in him, all right? So now again, get a hold of the paralyzation. He's talking about you and I. He said, every person that's in me, every person that's in me, every person that's been born again, every person that, that has received me as their Lord and their Savior, he's saying, he said, that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth uh, fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now, he likened it again. Now, we got some fruit trees out of our house. We don't do a real good job of, of pruning those trees, even though I've read all the, the books. But my dad pruned some, and I think uh, it kind of bothered me because dad pruned them back, and I think they never, he said he's had an awful time growing the next year. So I prune a little bit. But I know that you prune them back for them to produce more fruit. That's what you do. Every book you buy says you prune the, 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 the fruit trees back every, every fall or every spring. I don't remember when. I've got the book, though. And, and, and you do that, and, and it will produce more fruit. Now, the process, and, and the church has never been able to understand the pruning process that God has. The church has never been able to get a hold of and understand that God has a pruning process. And as a matter of fact, if you are going to be an active Christian, you are going to be pruned. It's going to be. That's part of the process. God, is, Jesus said, I'm the vine. The vine, I'm sorry, you're the vine. <laughs> you're, I'm the vine, you're the branches. My father is the husband. He's the keeper of all this. And here's the way it is, boys and girls. He says, if you don't bring forth fruit, he's going to cut you down. He's going to throw you in the fire, it's going to amount to, when we get to those scriptures. But he said, hey, those that do produce, he's going to prune them. So the pruning process is important in your life. Without it, you cannot grow. So what does it mean to be pruned? Well, you know, a lot of the church doesn't like to hear this, but... <clears throat> It's all in the way that you look at temptation. The Lord God blessed us with trials and tribulations, or temptation. However you want to look at that. Now, we're going to do a study on that. It's going to be down the road a ways, but because we want you to understand that, you know, most people when they, they're, you know, they're, oh, I'm being tempted of God. They don't understand what God is truly doing. God is trying to help you, trying to teach you something about yourself. Every time a trial comes along, there's something for you to learn in it if you'll learn it. There's something for you to learn if you'll learn it every time. Now, if you don't learn it, 
for the, the, the process in which God is God. And boy, he's so wonderful about it. See, when you went to the first grade, you got out of the first grade to get to the second grade if you passed all the tests, right? And you, you went on up through the, you know, like being a senior in high school, and they passed you on. Well, sometimes when those kids got to be like 20 years old and they were still freshmen, they just gave them a diploma to get rid of them. Well, the problem we have in the church today is we've got a lot of 20-year-old Christians taking up faces in pews that, bless God, that never, never passed the test down the grade school, and they think they got a diploma to be spiritually, uh, scripturally growing up, and they're not. They're not growing up. And the wonderful thing about God is real simple. You don't pass the test, you stay where you're at. Now, you can think that you're anywhere you want to think. And, and you know, a wonderful thing about most of us, most of us truly believe, we truly believe that we are over here in the growing up place. Why not? Right? I mean, if you're not 10 years old, you're 15, 16, 18, 20 and older, you want to think, well, I'm a mature Christian. But the case of it is, most of us aren't. And that's where the big problem is in the church today because everybody thinks they are. But when you examine, and the only way that you could do that is a self-examination. It isn't to be judged by somebody else, but it is for you to judge yourself. And that's one of the things in this church that we're going to try to do for you is to get you to judge yourself, you to examine yourself and be able to size yourself up or measure yourself up with the Word of God. With every one of these studies that we're going to do, what we're going to say is to you now, you find out where you belong in this. Maybe you are over here in this mature group. Hallelujah, if you are. Maybe you're lacking getting over there and you want to get there. Well, what we're going to do is teach you what you, the places that you lack, that you can strengthen those places and you can eventually move over into that area. Okay? Now, in the, John, in John, uh, 15 of 5, he makes another statement. We should probably just go on down through the third verse and, and on into the end of that fifth verse. It says, Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. And you should underline that, that you are clean through the word. It's the word that does cleanse you. Jesus and the word are one and the same. You can't separate. And, and there's no way to separate that, all right? Now, uh, goes on to say, Abide in me, and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No, none, uh, no more can ye except ye abide in me. You can't, you can't produce unless you abide in Jesus. Yeah, and he again says, I am the vine. So again, he's talking about himself when he's talking, relating to the vine. He said, I am the vine, ye are the branches. Now the church needs to get that straight. He's the vine, we're the branches. Say, Jesus is the vine, and I am the branch. Hello, branches. We're the branches. He's the vine. All right? He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. So we have to do what we're doing through Christ. All right? You have to do what you're doing. It has to be done through Christ. You can't do it unless... It's in Him. It can't be done. At least it be in Him, it can't, it can't be done. Now, Jesus is the vine that supports the branches. The, the, the redeemed, as we tried to point out there as we had you to speak verbally, you are the branches, and without the Spirit of God flowing through us, strengthening you and I, nourishing you and I, 
we can produce no fruit. So it's important that Christ is actively flowing through us, all right, actively flowing through us. Now, now that brings us to something that was set aside and almost sound like we're going to uh, change directions here for a second, but we're not. For, for Christ to act, act, actively flow through us, we must be engaged into a meaningful prayer life. We need to get into, and we'll be teaching on prayer and fasting. We need, you, need to get in, you need to get into the meditation of the Word of God. You need to set aside a time that you can read your Bible and read your Bible and, and not try to see how many, you know, there's some churches, that you, you, there's a little contest on Sunday mornings to see how many chapters or verses that you can read. Well, we're not trying to, we're not having contests. We'd rather you'd read one verse, one verse a night, and bless God, think and meditate upon that verse as to read a whole bunch of them and not be able to meditate on any of it. Now, again, this isn't a mind thing, it's a heart thing. We want the Word of God to get in your heart. It takes a lot of Word, and you read the Word, and whether you retain that in your mind or not makes no difference. Your spirit is getting it, and that's where it has to be. It has to be in your spirit. It has to be in your spirit. People, that, so, so what I'm trying to say to you here, in, in, in order, in order uh, for that flow, in order for that flow to be active and working, you've got to participate in that, okay? Too many of us, well, I'm a Christian, and the only time we get the Bibles out when we go to church, and some of us don't even take the Bible out when we go to church. We don't study the Bible at home. We don't, we don't pray. We don't, we don't think about fasting, and we don't fast, and we don't do any of these things, but yet we want all the benefits that God's got because we're Christians. Well, I don't know where we painted that story or got that, that, that bag of rocks from, but it's time that we put that old wise fable to sleep. Being a Christian, and I hope that you understand this by now. If you don't, we'll, and we will go through it a number of times. Being a Christian only gives you the right to enter into eternal life, which is everything. You said, well, you made it not sound like much and didn't sound like everything. It is. But uh, you're, uh, you're being a Christian or born again, the, the reward for that is when you leave this carnal body and get into heaven. All right, that's what that's about. In order for you to be productive, in order for you to produce, in order for you to be a witness for Christ here on the face of this earth, there are numbers of things you're going to have to be taught and or learn to do. All right? And one of them is to be sure that you stay active. People that are praying, people that are reading, people that are fasting, people that are meditating the Word of God are people that are going to stay on top of things. Now, you, oh, you're saying they'll never have any trials and tribulations. I didn't say that. I didn't say that God still isn't going to prune or permit you to be pruned, however you want to use that piece of terminology. You're going to be pruned. The pruning process is to bring forth more fruit as we uh, begin to teach you. All right? Now, in the 16th verse, in John 15:16, there's another thought here that we want to pick up. He says this. He says, you've not chosen me, but I've chosen you. And there's, there's something that... Uh, I, I think uh, I think a lot of the church has never come to the realization or the revelation of. We didn't choose him. He chose us. You hear people say, oh, I found Jesus. No, you didn't. No, you didn't find Jesus. He chose you from the foundation of this world, dummy. You just got somewhere around to the figuring out. You thought you found something. No, he was there all along. See? You didn't find him. He's already been, he's been here. He was already there. He was already tugging on your heartstrings, okay? 
from even the foundation of this world. Now, he says, you've not chosen me, but I've chosen you and ordained you. And you need to underline the word ordained you. You've been ordained. Now, when you're ordained, when you are ordained to be a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, then you are anointed, sent forth by God himself through the laying on the hands of an apostle and prophet, that you might do the works of God through the name of Jesus. Now, listen, so put this into, in, in, into that. It says that you are ordained. Now, where am I at? Uh, ordained that you should go forth and uh, go and bring forth fruit. You're ordained. Say, I'm ordained. Now, if you're an ordained minister to the fivefold ministry to go forth and put out the gospel and you don't ever do anything, what happens? Nothing. Now, God is saying here that you are ordained to go forth and bring forth fruit. You are ordained by God to do that. Now, you know, there's some things that we talk about not being an elective. Being a fruit producer is not something that is an elective. Now, again, most of the Pentecostal, and especially the charismatic churches today, we have been so, we have taught people so much on the gifts of the Spirit, and we've taught people so much on, on the infillment of the Holy Ghost, that what we have done is we have negated producing fruit altogether. There's not very many churches that will go to this kind of links to teach you. And I believe that without this fruit operating in your life and my life, you might as well forget the, the gifts. I don't believe that the gifts are going to operate until the fruit is being produced. I don't believe that to any extent. I don't believe it. I believe that it's that important that we produce these fruit that he says. Now listen to what he says. He goes on and, and, and now he strengthens this. He says, you've been ordained. He said, I, you're ordained to go forth and bring forth fruit. And he goes on further and said, uh, and that your fruit should remain. Now, what do you mean it should remain? Just what it says. That it should remain. Okay. I'm going to be joyful today, but when I get home tonight in service, but when I get home, I'm going to be the same old back end of the mule I was this afternoon. Well, your fruit didn't remain, did it? Your fruit rotted. Okay? It is fruit that becomes rotten. It's the fruit of love. Like I said, love is just a... All love is a cover-up. Say, I'm a Christian. In most people's lives. When we start teaching you about love, we're going to teach you something about it. The love of Jesus will lay your life down for somebody else. I'm not talking about just, just your family. I'm talking about somebody else. That's what love is. Love isn't hugging somebody and saying, Oh, I love you in Jesus. That's been a cover-up, folks. That is, in fact, that's a, uh, I'm not sure that that's not a sad indictment against the church. Why? Because some of these people that are out here in the communities, they come to church and we hug their necks and tell them how much we love them, and then they happen to come around to the job on Monday morning and see the way we act. And then people say, you know, I'm a little confused about all this. I'm a little confused about all this. How, how could they act that way in church and then out here act that way? I'm going to tell you why. No fruit. No fruit. If you don't produce a fruit. Now, what I'm going to teach you, what, what we're going to teach you here about this, and I, tonight I don't know how much we're going to build. We probably won't get it tonight because we're laying this foundation. 
But we want you to, to, to realize the seriousness of all this, of what Jesus is saying. Now, this is Christ. We're not teaching you uh, so much out of the writings of Paul or the Pauline writings, uh, and certainly not out of the Old Testament, as we're, uh, we're really right here with what Jesus is having to say. But let's finish that 16th verse. And he says that your fruit should remain. Now, I'm going to show you why most of your prayers don't get answered right here at the end of the 16th verse. You pray and, and nothing seems to happen. Now listen, if your fruit doesn't remain, if it does remain, it says that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. Now that's if the fruit remains. Now if your fruit doesn't remain, now listen, you can read it this way. Now, now if your fruit does not remain, then whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, huh, get lucky jack at the lotto because you're not going to get it. It's not going to happen. Do you understand the importance of, of, of your being a fruit producer and that produce uh, that fruit remaining? Now, understand something about them. We're not going to we're not going to lay hands on you and pour oil on you. And we get done with the study and say, "Oh, you got all the fruit now. Here you are, and away we go." No, this is a this uh, this is like everything else. It's a learning process. It's an experiencing process, and any fruit growing takes time. And you're going to you don't want to try to start producing all that fruit. You want to start out by taking one of these fruit and begin to work on it. Now, I'm telling you, if you'll do that, in a year's time, you can, you can be in good fruit production. Okay? In a year's time, you can be. But now listen again to how important it is. Now, how many times do you know, and maybe you yourself, have prayed about things, and you've gone through there and said, now, let's see. Now, I, you know, I'm tithing. I'm giving my offerings. I, I, I'm giving alms. I'm doing the things I should do. And I'm praying. Now, Brother Deckard, why, 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 oh, why, oh, why is my prayer not being answered? And I will, I will lay you odds that you've never had a preacher ever tell you because your fruit that you're producing is rotten and it's not remaining. I bet you've never had anybody ever tell you that. Well, you have now. Now, I didn't see, I didn't make that up. That's been there all this time. The problem of it is we've never had anybody bring the revelation of it enough and depth of, depth of it anyway that would make a difference. And it should make a difference. It should, it should be an earth-shaking uh, thing uh, spiritually to all of us to be able to understand that, hey, if I'm going to pray, uh, bless God, it's a, uh, something that God says ye shall. See, that whatsoever, if your fruit will remain, he says, whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he said, he said, he may give it to you. He may give it to you. He said, if your fruit will remain, you can pray and God will give it to you. Somebody say you understand what I'm saying. Can you see where we're missing it in the church? You don't produce fruit, your prayers don't get answered. Mm, that's heavy-duty stuff, isn't it? Well, you, you see, but, but but when you get all tied up with trying to get all tied up with, with, with doctrines of churches and getting yourself all lined up to try to see if you can't participate to A, B, C, D, E, and F to, to receive the Holy Ghost and get baptized this way and that way and all these other ways. When you get all tied up into these things and you don't understand, that's wonderful. That is absolutely wonderful. But if you're not going to produce this fruit, and folks, I know a lot of Pentecostals and Charismatic that, bless God, when you look at the fruit in their lives, it is rotten. 
Oh, and they're the ones that always have the visions and the dreams. Well, that's so they think. We'll get to that part on familiar spirits before long. Now, so Jesus has laid some real groundwork here for us. He says, he, he says unto us that we have been chosen by Christ to bear eternal fruit for the kingdom of heaven. That you didn't choose him, he chose us, that that's what we're to do. Now, Paul, and I said we weren't going to get into a lot of, a lot of his, his uh, writings, but we are here. Now, he also directs us about fruit. In fact, that was Paul that was talking in Galatians, the fifth chapter. But in Romans 7, turn there with me, in Romans 7, we're going to come back and do some more things out of that 15th chapter here in a week or two. Uh, Romans, the seventh chapter, in the fourth verse. It says, Wherefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that ye should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that ye should bring forth fruit unto God. See, Paul knew something about this. And Paul mentions there, and, 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 and the fact of the matter is that Christ not only demands and commands that we bring forth fruit, Paul seemed to have understood and or was taught enough in depth about it that here he brings it up. Now, in Philippians, uh, the first chapter of Philippians, let's look there. Philippians 1. Philippians 1, the 11th, the 11th verse. Being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Christ Jesus, or Jesus Christ, unto the glory and praise of God. Now, we are filled. Understand, we are filled with the fruits of righteousness filled with those fruits. Now, in Colossians 1.11, isn't that neat? We go from Philippians 1.11 to Colossians 1.11. It says, Strengthened with all might according to the glorious power and to all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness. Now, what's he saying here? When we're able in Christ, when we are able to abide in Christ, now that word abide, if you're taking notes, means remain attached to. It's what that means. You're to you were to look that up in the Greek dictionary, you'd find that it, it says to remain attached to. If you are to abide or you're to remain attached to Jesus, for, uh, patiently uh, producing the fruit of long suffering and joyfulness. And boy, I'm going to tell you something. That word patiently, uh, patience within itself is, 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 is quite a statement. Again, don't try to go out here and produce all these fruit tomorrow. You're going to, you're going to be a mess. By, by week's end, uh, because you can't, you, you, you can't just decide I'm going to start producing all this stuff. Like I said, take one and work on it. Take one and make it, take, you look there, go back to Galatians, the fifth chapter. I should have told you just to put your finger in there because we'll probably jump back forth from there a whole bunch. But when you, when you begin to look at this fruit, don't, don't start, you know, this thing, anytime you mention Love. See, that's the first thing that they, the fruit, the fruit of the Spirit is love. First thing in the fruit of the Spirit is love. Everybody says, oh, I got that. So automatically everybody jumps over that. Well, how about joy? Well, I got joy. How about peace? Oh, yes, I got that. I got that with Christ. Long suffering? Oh, yeah, well, that's not that tough. Gentleness, of course I am. Goodness, you bet. Faith, without it you can't please God. I got that. How about meekness? Oh, yeah. And temperance? Absolutely. What did we just do? We just flat lied to ourselves what we've done. And that's the way we usually handle this thing. We skip over it. Now, we're going to go through these individually. We're going to go through these individually in the next few weeks. 
But uh, but you need you need to look, and after we get done with this study, what you need to do then is pick out one of those fruits. If you decide to, if you decide, I, uh, the thing with love, I would hold off on that until we do the teaching. I'll try to do that that teaching on love uh, to, to tie into this when we get uh, uh, done with this study. But if you will, if, if you will pick uh, one of these, say, say maybe joy, say maybe long suffering, maybe gentleness, maybe goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, uh, peace, joy, whatever it is, and you begin to work on it. Remember, you first have to plant it. A fruit tree is not going to bear fruit. You're going to have to plant it. After you plant it, what are you going to have to do? You're going to have to go out and fertilize it. You're going to have to go out and take care of it. You're going to have to go out in time and prune it. So there is a growing season, uh, my brothers and sisters, and that's the reason the word patience is very important. You want to be sure that you don't try. I, I, let me liken this under, under when I was a kid. When I was a kid, I, 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 I got, was in the Boy Scouts. Still got my little tie thing too, mother. You know the one that slipped up. Still got that. Uh, and and uh, and I'm. Pr- I guess I am. I like that. I still got it in my top drawer at home. My sock drawer. It's in order, by the way. Um, that's a private joke. You have. To, you, let me tell that so it don't get all messed up. And somebody, somebody said once they could tell whether a preacher was a good preacher or not by looking at his sock drawer to see if it was in order. If he didn't keep his sock drawer in order, he he didn't have his ministry in order. Well, I don't know about all that. I thought it was kind of funny, but. Anyway, a few of us have heard that before thought it was. Anyhow, now, when I was there, and they had these merit badges, okay, that you get. Now, some of you know about this. Some of them may be Cub Scouts and all, whatever you've been in, uh, maybe 4-H, right, guys? Maybe, I don't know, maybe they give whatever. You work on the project, when you get it done, you get a badge or a reward or some sort that shows that you did it. Now, what I remember doing is I sat down and I decided to, to, to go through there because you had to have so many to be an Eagle Scout. And that was the top of the top of the thing, and and I was trying to figure out how I could do this in six months. See, and and I marked them all down, and I started in on them things, and I mean I I mean I just marked them all, and I just did a few here and a few there and a few here and a few there and a few here and a few there. In about three months, I didn't have any of them. I think you got the first one just for showing up. I'm not real sure, but but I, I but anyway, after that, and and then all of a sudden I realized something. Hey. This is going to take too much time to do. This could take three or four or five years for me to get through all this. Forget the scouts. Let's get on to something else. See? Now, how many did I end up, other than the first one, for showing up? None. Didn't get any of them. I got visions of me and the president standing there. And I just picked and chose and picked and chose and had nothing. That's what we do with the fruit. Same thing. We we say, well, I'll get that. Go out and try to be joyful for one whole day and say, I got that one. Check that one off the list. Huh? No, no. A package of flowers, and that's love. Okay, let's check that one off the list. Huh? Long long suffering would be standing around waiting on the, uh, instead of getting all upset when the, the evening paper doesn't show up on time, just relaxing one night and show up and say, check that one off. Huh? And so forth. You go on and on and on. But no, it isn't that. It's planting that and watching it develop. And and that's the reason I, I I'm we'll keep telling you as we do this study, don't try to jump on all this stuff. You pick something. Your wife may pick one thing, you may pick another. I mean, it's all right to talk and to share the about what you decided or what you picked, but understand that the the, the, the key to this thing 
is to start and 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 to be ardent about it. Be be. Uh, I mean, I mean, you got to set your jaw like flint toward it, and you got to work on it. Now, now, uh, hopefully, by now already, you're starting to realize that if in fact these fruit aren't being produced in your life, it's going to take just a little while for this thing to work for you. Amen. Amen. So if it's going to take a little while for it to work for you, then you're probably going to get around here within the probably the next six or eight months, maybe a year, of realizing why I told you the first week or so that we were here that you can't and won't be growing up in Jesus in a, in in six months. It's going to take you about three to five years, and I'm talking about working at it. It's not going to be something you're just going to because what a lot of people do, they'll get into the fruit production thing and do real well with it, and then we're going to go on. See, my place is to keep teaching you. So every week, I mean, I, we're not going to stay here and just keep teaching on the fruit of the Spirit until everybody gets it down and, 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 and the fruit remains and all that. But no, we're not going to do that. Uh, we're going to go on. And what we'll do, we'll go on. And, and we'll go on. And what you'll do is you'll go on with us and we'll be over here somewhere in prayer and all the fruit will go rotten over there while we're on prayer. Well, guess what? You flunked that class. Okay? That's the reason we're telling you, get the tapes. Get the tapes. They're being valuable to you. You need to go back through this stuff time and time again because, like I said, this is one of the few, one of the few studies that we will go, we will touch at least twice in, in the next three years because we want to be certain that you understand that I believe, as a man of God, that this is, this is, this is as important as it gets with your walk with Jesus Christ. If you miss this, I can see how your prayers can't get answered. I can see how that everything else can go to the wayside and you sitting around daydreaming about, oh, like I was standing next to the president, getting the Eagle Scout award given to me. It was, just a, it was just a figment of my imagination, and that's all it got to be, all right? Now, our fruit shall be in the right season, and boy, this is important, and, and, and of course, we can go to uh, Psalms, uh, the first chapter for that, and most of you probably can quote this before we get there, but that's all right. We'll do it anyway. Psalms, the first chapter. And, and probably this is good if you get a hold of this, the third verse. It says, And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. And you need to underline that. You need to underline and understand. We will not bear fruit at the wrong time. Hmm? We will not bear fruit at the wrong time. Because if we do, it will weaken us and it will... Uh, it will uh, create unsatisfactory fruit, what it will do. But it says again, He and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall, be, shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. When in fact that fruit properly grows, it will, it will be strong and it will, uh, it will strengthen. All right? Uh, when you try to go ahead and do this on your own, and uh, what uh, what can we say uh, genetically? Uh, all these genetic type of things happen. Uh, talking about today, uh, manufacture these things in your life. What will happen is you'll have a mess. All the fruit that you're trying to produce is something you're trying to do. So you have to play a part in it, but you have to understand something. Once that that's there and planted, and, and knowing again, the Word of God is is alive. So when, when when this fruit enters in to your hearts, and that's where the fruit's got to go. It's got to go into your heart, not your head. It's got to be planted into your spirit, man. 
And if it's planted into your spirit man and you begin to watch over it and take care of it and, and nurture it and, and, and really put forth an effort for this thing to work for you, it will work. But it's not going to work when you want it to work. It's going to work in due season. Now, we'll do a thing before too long about due season and, and let you rejoice with us about how God has selected the time for all these things. Now, we shall continue to bear a fruit in your old age. In other words, we want to show you here scripturally where you're never going to stop producing fruit, even in your old age. In Psalms 92, you turn there with me, 92, and let's see, what was I going to? The 13th and 14th verse, it says, Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. So see, in old age, in other words, in other words, this isn't a one-shot item, as I said before. Fruit production is something that you've got to continually do, and you will continually do all the days of your life on the face of this earth. Now, in Ephesians 5, 9, let's go there. In Ephesians 5, 9, we're going to find, it says in a little leaven, leaveneth the whole lump. Now, the fruit that you and I produce will be good. It will be coming righteously and truthfully. And that's what you've got to really work on. It's got to be truthful. Like I said, we have manufactured love for so long, and we've manufactured joy for so long, and we've had gentleness and goodness and, and kindness and you know, all those things for so long that what we've really made out of ourselves is, as I said, a heckle, jekyll, and hide, if you will. We're just going through motions with things, and we're not we're not letting that fruit remain. We're not giving that fruit a chance to to really to really come forth and 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 do what God wants it wants it to do in all of our lives. Now, in Romans 11, let's let's turn there. In Romans 11, Paul is trying here to the Romans to get them to understand something. The Jews and the Gentiles are compared to, uh, to a fruit tree. And in the 16th and 17th verses, it says, For if the fruit, first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy. And if the, the, the root be holy, so are the branches. And if some of the branches be broken off, and though being a wild olive tree were grafted in, now this is talking about the Gentiles being grafted in, and with them partakest of the root and, 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 the, and the fatness of the olive tree. Now, the Gentiles being grafted into the branch were uh, the cultured, or to the cultured branches of the Jews upset them gravely. You know, when Paul came and announced the fact, of course, Peter had had some insight about it, but when, when Paul began to realize that, that, that this thing was not only just given unto the Jew, but also unto the Gentile, it caused a, a great, great amount of problem within the known church of that day. And I'm talking about, if you will, the brand new charismatic church in the church world of that day. Uh, they, 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 they didn't handle it very well, but what Paul was trying to say to them was he said that they were grafted in. See, anytime something is grafted in, if you've ever looked in books or studied grafting plants, once that that, that once that that foreign uh, uh, 
partial part of a plant is grafted onto that other and it grows, then then that is part of it. It's all there. It's all the same. It all produces. And that's exactly what we're doing in the walk that we have. Now, in, in the 18th verse, it goes on here to say, Boast not against the branches, but if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. Thou wilt say then, the branches were broken off, that I might be gathered in. Now, see, uh, we're saying as Gentiles, well, the, the Jews have been uh, broken, tossed away, that we can come in. Now, listen, listen to what he goes on to say. Don't boast about that. Well, because of unbelief, they were broken off. And thou standest by faith, be not high-minded, but fear. For if God spared not the natural branches, meaning the Jew, take heed, lest he also spare not thee. Now, that's, uh, that's some pretty deep stuff, okay? He said they were, they, the reason they were broken off, he said, was because of their unbelief. It didn't have any... Don't, don't get so high-minded that Gentiles thinking that, whoopee, they threw the Jews away and brought us in. That's Gentiles. No, he said, don't do that. He said, you, you get yourself in a bind there. He goes on to say this, 22, Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God on them which fell severity, but toward the goodness, if thou continue in his goodness, otherwise thou also shall be cut off. He says, I'm, I'm telling you, if you don't, if you don't, if you don't get into it and you don't actually get after it, you can be cut off too. Now, that, the boy, now this gets all strung out. Now, this, this, this almost gets to be a, uh, almost like the old blind Pentecostal that every time you sneeze, you're going to hell. No, that's not what this is. What Paul is saying is, folks, you're grafted in as Gentiles. Now, there could be some Jews in this room. There could be some, there could be some of you of, uh, of some of the tribes, twelve tribes of, of, of Israel even sitting in this room tonight. Uh, but whether we are or we're not, what we need to understand is what Paul was trying to teach the church. Again, this, this doesn't get into too much because the reason this isn't taught very much is because I, I don't believe that they bring enough revelation up to the point to be able to teach it. That's what we've been trying to do with you tonight because he goes on to make some other, other statements. Now, and if also... Uh, and they also, if they abide not still in unbelief, they shall be grafted in, for God is able to graft them in again. Now, uh, listen closely as we read the 24th verse. For if thou were cut out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, and were grafted contrary to nature into a good olive tree, how much more shall these, which be the natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? Which, you know, that, no problem with that. But the thing that you want to you want to uh, get a hold of in this is that if in fact you're not going to get into this thing and you're not and, and produce what he is saying up here is and they also if they abide not still in unbelief shall be grafted in now if not they'll, they'll be taken away now we're going to show you not tonight now next week we're going to get into showing you that what he's talking about here is fruit. If you don't produce fruit, we read it to you before. Let's go back over into John 15. Into John 15. He said, And every branch of me that beareth not fruit is taken away. Now, we, we established the fact that we're the branches. Now, if you're not going to branch, if in fact you're not going to produce fruit, you're going to be taken away. Does that mean you're going to hell? No. 
That means that your productivity, which allows you to be blessed from God, is going to be zero at best. Okay? That's the reason we've got so many many people walking the face of this earth today that, that, that are Christians, some of them filled with the Holy Ghost and speaking in other tongues, that lives, I mean, everything's a mess. They're not being blessed of God. There's nothing happening in their lives. It's it, it just total chaos. They're down, broke, sick, uh, upset, mad, uh, carrying on all this. And the reason, the reason is, is because they've been cut off. They've been cut off. You hear what I said? They've been cut off. Now, what Paul said, now go back over and back where we came from in Romans, and I should have held that page myself, but I didn't. Go back over there in Romans 11. If thou continue in his goodness, otherwise, the 22nd verse, the end of it, otherwise thou also shall be cut off if you don't continue in his goodness. What is his goodness? Well, part of it is producing fruit. And they also, if they abide not still in unbelief. Now, if you get away from that, he said you can be grafted back in. All right? So there's a, there's the opportunity. And see, that, that's the wonderful thing about the grace of God. We have got hundreds of thousands of Christians that have been cut off that don't understand they can get grafted back in. And we're going to next week get into and discuss and show you how, if you have been cut off, how you can get grafted back in. Now, if you've never been grafted back in, I'm telling you, there's hundreds of thousands upon thousands of Christians standing on the outside, scratching their heads, trying to figure out, why isn't this thing working for me? Why isn't it? Why, what, what's happened? Why isn't it uh, taking place in my life? And it's just as simple as the nose on your face. You produce no fruit, you get cut off. And if you get cut off from God, there is no blessings to come. They can't come. God, you couldn't be blessed. The only blessings that you could have are going to be uh, those blessings which have been poured out by God, which I call general blessings, that's been poured upon the just and the unjust in this time of dispensation of grace. And that's just where we're at. In other words, you're going to have to get lucky to have anything. And luck's not from God. This isn't the get lucky thing with God. You perform the Word of God in your life, God produces the blessing. And boy, does He. He has a place in the Bible that tells us in Malachi that He'll open the windows of heaven, pour out a blessing upon you that it cannot contain. In fact, He says it'll hunt you down and overtake you. So see, when you really start examining, that's that's part of what we're going to do. We're, we're going to keep at this thing to the place where we can begin to try to get you to realize that you can, if you're not, if you're not satisfied, if you're not satisfied with what's going on in your life, and you don't understand this thing, it, you know, if you're waiting around thinking, well, in due season, God will bless me, and it's been five years. I got news for you, honey. Your boat sunk out in the har harbor about four months, uh, four years and six months ago. See, that's not what this thing's all about. This thing is about you complying to this word and turn where God can bless you. See, the, 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 and we'll get into, we'll begin to teach you about eternal laws. There's eternal laws just like there are, there are natural laws. And any time you defile an eternal law of God, you're going to have to pay the price. Now, the price isn't that you lose a finger or get cancer. The price is, is simply this. You re fail to receive the blessings of God. And that's what the price is. And, and after so long, but, but the thing that has always um, probably upset me the most for the church's sake is the fact that it's all here in the book. It's all here if we'll reach down 
and begin to understand it. But you're going to have to study to understand it. And then after you understand it, you're going to have to do something about it. That's the reason that we're taught in the book of James that you've got to be a hearer of the Word of God. Then you've got to be a doer of it. It's, it's not going to do you any good just to be a hearer. That, again, is the reason we, we push so hard. You know, I know it makes it sound like we're selling tapes, but no, we're not selling tapes. What we're doing is trying to teach you so that you can understand. We covered enough material here tonight that, uh, that we will in each one of these studies that it'll, it'll take you, uh, take you a week to decipher it all out and get it all straightened out and, and, and do it, uh, and get it in your life and get it working. Uh, but it takes study time. It, it's going to be difficult for you to sit here and retain just by listening to what we're doing. In fact, the retention span of, of the natural human being on the, on the, on the, uh, planet Earth today is very small. It's very small. That's the reason if we don't write it down, take it home, and go back to it, all you're going to get is bits, pieces, lumps, and bumps. And then you're going to find out in the long run things aren't going to come up smelling real well for you, such as roses. Matthew 7, and we're going to quit. I've been convinced for years that if we can get these churches to produce fruit, the rest of it will just fall in place. I've been convinced of it. Well, most churches are trying to get people to get into the gifts and all that. We're going to get you into the fruit. Now, uh, 7.17. 7.17. It says, Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. Now, listen to this now. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. I'm going to stop there for just a second. Now, a tree is known by the fruit. Okay, that's it. A good tree brings forth good fruit. An evil fruit tree brings forth evil fruit. Now, now get a hold of this. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. Did you hear what I said? A good tree. Hello, good trees. You cannot bring forth evil fruit. If you do, you're not a good tree. Which are you? Which are you? Which are you? You can't be both. You're either a good tree or you're an evil tree. If you're an evil tree, I would suggest that you go back to the cross and be certain that you're born again. I would go all the way back and I would tell you that you need to go back and be certain that you're born again. You can't be both. See, that's what we've got going on in the church today across the face of this earth. We've got too many people sitting in too many pews, taking up too many seats, thinking that they're saved and they're going to burn in hell because they were never born again. Because if you're born again, you are a good tree. You're going to bring forth good fruit. And if you're not born again, you can't bring forth good fruit. You're going to bring forth evil fruit. A good tree can't bring forth evil. A evil fruit can't bring forth good. Which are you? I'm going to leave you with that. Hey, thank you again so much. That's Prophet Tom Deckard, Mount Carmel, Illinois, Cradle of Hope Ministries. Again, you can get more information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. Get out there, do yourself a favor, find out what's going on here, and you won't be disappointed. So, again, you can also get more. All the tape series is out there on the website for you to get a hold of. I greatly encourage you to get all that. You can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com, and we'll be praying for your prayer request. Again, that's cradle at jewishprophet.com.